Welcome to the C3 Church Coffs Harbour podcast. We're glad you're here. We pray that you'll be blessed and encouraged by this week's message. Can we welcome Donna Andrews as she comes, or Dana, as you prefer to say it. Come grab a seat. How are you? Yes. 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 She is yes. Yes. I see you brought a few fans with you this morning. Yes. <laughs> my family, my friends. Yeah. Family, people. friends, and yep. g- general fans in general. Just everyone. Yep. Just here for me. We're all a big fan of you, by Jesus the way. Jesus means nothing when I'm here. Um, <laughs> so, are you nervous? Yes. Really? Yeah. 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 I, I'm fine with public speaking. I really am. I just don't like talking about myself. But you've got so much to say. No? Yeah, but I don't want to say it. Because okay. then people know it, and I just... Well, I'm just getting my, my, uh, my questions up here. Okay. I'm not, not like on Instagram going, yeah, this is real interesting. Uh, okay. Oh, like, like, oh, I might watch that video later. Um, how are you? Good? I'm good. Yeah? I'm feeling good. Awesome. Nervy, but like, good. It's okay. Decent. It'll be fun. These guys are remarkably gentle, uh, and they're not very critical, which is That's fantastic. So uh, <laughs> you, you'll be fine. We'll be good. Um, Tell us a little bit about yourself. You, you uh, have been part of our church for a number of years. Yes. People might know you from you know, the bass just behind us here, um, mm-hmm. playing bass. You've also served I in a kids uh, program for a, a bunch of time as well, mm-hmm. served in youth mm-hmm. over the years. Yep. Um, I've done Sound Desk. I've done some cafe. I think I've been everywhere, actually. Wow. <laughs> um, you've been, you've been, did a little preach once, didn't you? Did like a I, five I or ten minute preach? You, you made me. <laughs> You make that sound like I'm very forceful. It was, it was fun. Um, but there was an all-in team meeting and Justin asked um, different groups these questions and you had to come up with answers for them and then we all presented them and then he said, good, now you're all going to do it on Sunday in front of the church. And I was like, oh, okay. So it's your fault for making your response so good. How dare so you I? blame yourself uh, for your wonderful gift of articulation. Whoops. Um, tell us one thing hmm. about you that maybe most of us might not know. Well, I feel I don't. I feel like everyone knows that I write. I don't know if they do, but I like to write. I've written since I was twelve. Um, I've kind of finished novels. I'm working on a, a novel, and I'm on the second draft right now. You're writing a novel. I'm writing a novel. Yeah. How many people knew that she was writing a novel? Two people. That's awesome. That's. So you've yeah. probably got about a hundred people here this morning. Yeah. We've so already. You know, we're going to pre-purchase. So you let Dumping us know. We're all going to buy a copy. So you've got 100 okay. sold already. Well, I've got to finish it first. Um, so I'm doing that. And I, I also do, like, freelance writing. I'm a content writer as well. So that's, that's fun. Awesome. Yeah. Lots of different things. And what do you do for work at the moment? Um, there is a fancy name for it. Mm-hmm. I am 2IC at an international e-commerce brand. Um, really Did you write that title for yourself, being a writer? No. My, my official title is the Grand Director of All This and That. Wow. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty good. Um, but really, I work at a toy store, and the two of us. So I'm second in charge. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But it's, it's beautiful. Um, I've got a great boss. I've always had really great bosses. I worked for um, the bakers before this, and yeah, it's great. Great place to work. Fantastic. Yeah. Uh, how, how long have you been officially part of C3 Crofts Harbour? This place? Um, since I was seven. Maths isn't working. Because you're, you're a words girl, so, yeah, yeah, I get yeah. that. Um, yeah, since I was seven, it's 15 years. Yeah. Yeah. Um, How did you come to come here? Well, someone invited mum, or someone invited Beck, 
but it was like a mother and daughter that were friends with Mama Beck, and they invited us. Um, don't remember much, but I remember that there was a Kathy Clancy Kids Conference, a lot of alliteration, and <laughs> she was asking, you know, who wants to accept Jesus into their heart, who wants to, like, be a Christian, and I was like, oh, I could do that. It wasn't like, I'm feeling something. It wasn't like my eyes are open. There was no presence, no revelation. I was like, yeah, i got nothing going on. Yeah. <laughs> so I was like, hey, who wants to go to the beach today? Yeah, yeah I'm playing. Yeah, I might as well. I yeah. guess, yeah. yeah. It was great. I was lying, like, right there. And um, she got the other kids to pray for us. And I remember just my eyes open, just staring up at this girl who was praying for me. It was really awkward. <laughs> it was brilliant. But, we yeah. do some funny things as Christians, don't we? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So that was fun. Um, I didn't know what it meant, but it was like stubbornly just my mantle. Like, I'm a Christian. What does that mean? I don't know, but I'm it. That's me. Um, I, I got think most there. of us are still there, to be honest, aren't we? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Doing something. Yeah. Um, but yeah. So, so that was, I guess, the moment it started for you. Now, you, you've described to me your journey of faith as... Uh, or your testimony is like a snowball. Yeah, like um, snowballing. So there's different yeah. types of testimonies. I just want to share basically the different types yeah, of testimonies so there are and then how yours fits into that. I feel like we can often see it as like, there's two. There's either like, I was born on the altar and came out singing hymns, or I had a very terrible life and lots of bad things happened and I was into drugs and disrespected women and all blah, blah, blah. And then I met Jesus and then I started singing hymns, just came out praising hallelujah. But um, there's, I think there's more of a spectrum than that. There's, there's so much more than that. And Absolutely. it can be really damaging if we perpetuate the idea that there are only two kinds of people, yeah. because I'm neither. Mm-hmm. Um, so that confused me for quite a while, why I, I didn't get stuff, feel stuff, why I wasn't singing hymns, just without knowing what I was saying, you yeah. know? <laughs> yeah. so, so describe to us your, your notion of, of snowball the snowball effect for your, your yeah. faith. Yeah, so I was a Christian. I called myself a Christian. Um, I didn't know what that meant. I, I didn't even know what it meant to me. It was just something that I decided I was. Um, and even, like, in primary school, when there was, you know, there, there was, like, scripture class, and this guy would come in with his stereo and put on Pharaoh, Pharaoh, oh, baby, let my people go, and he'd just bop around the classroom, and you'd colour in the picture of Jesus, and then you're saved. Um, and that was really boring, <laughs> if I'm honest. And there was this other option to do, like, a Buddhism class. And I was like, that's really cool. I want to do that. So mum wrote me a note. I think she was very, like, I can't believe you want to do this. Like, she – I didn't know what religions were. I didn't know what spirituality was. I was just like, I just – that sounds like fun. I just don't want to be in this class. <laughs> so I had no idea what I was doing. And I went from that to just growing slowly. Just the fact that I was always here. I've, I've always been here um, – you know, pretty much every Sunday. And I've seen God come into my life as I go. Yeah. yeah, there's no defining moment where it started to happen. It's like I was in the middle before I realized I'd begun yeah. sort of thing. But there's plenty of stories. Yeah. Um, would you like to hear a story? Always. That's yeah? why you're here. Yeah. I love stories. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I, I, actually, I realized the other day that I haven't really told many people this story. Um, and I was talking to Emily the other day who just had the baby. She Tuesday at 7. Which they're not really that impressed about, by, by the way. So He's then, really you know, cute. The, yeah, it's, thank it's you. Great. Um, she said that God speaks a lot when you're traveling. God speaks to you most when you're traveling, or it just you get revelations, you get different stuff. And I was like, that's cool, but like, I never had that experience. And then I remembered um, when I was in England, I was in Oxford for four days, um, and, which is disappointing because Oxford was the most beautiful place. 
So I went for a walk just to explore that afternoon, and I passed a man on the street, a homeless man, and he said, are you a Christian? And I was like, oh, here we go. Not, not in a way of like, oh, great, but like, here's my side quest, you know? Um, so he asked me if I was a Christian, and I was like, yeah, okay, I, I am, and I sat and talked to him for a while, and then I just started crying because he had the exact same eyes as my dad, just yeah. bright blue Irish eyes. Um, and he talked to me about it, and we sat together and prayed together, and it turns out that he um, was married, and his wife passed away, and she was pregnant with a daughter that would have been my age. Um, and his name was Carl, actually, and that was my dad's name too. So that was interesting. Um, wow. I just, like, those were the best four days of my life. <laughs> I w- poor Mia, Mia Telford, who I went with, she was so worried because I'd leave the hotel, the, the YHA, at, like, 10 p.m. at night just to go sit on the street with a homeless man and drink hot chocolate and just uh, pray together and just sit. And wow. It was great. And I hung out with him so much that this man came up to me one day and just handed me a pound with a really sad smile, and I'm like, I'm not homeless. <laughs> but I'll take it. Yeah. Well, I was told to keep it, so I did. Money's it's money. Money's money. But yeah, like it's just—that's crazy. Like yeah. that's came out of nowhere, and it meant so and much. I think that's that's how God works. Sometimes He works in in mysterious ways, in ways we don't expect. Or yeah. uh, and I think we do ourselves a disjustice if we don't keep our eyes open to every opportunity where God can mm. be available. Because even in the most craziest of weird circumstances right then you had that was weird. a moment with yeah. God which strengthens your faith, draws you closer to him and, mm. and that snowball starts to grow and develop and momentum mm. happens so yeah. that's awesome yeah, um, good. so that's obviously one of those, those moments where you, know, you feel close to God mm. um, and, and, and you grow in your relationship with him mm. are there times in your life where God actually feels distant and they're, they're darker days, they're, they're troubled days um, and how do you, what, what are those days like for you? Um, and how do you process that? Um, yes. <laughs> it's, it's funny, like, I don't feel like I've ever been through anything really terrible for some reason. My mind feels like I just haven't ever been burned, um, really, which isn't to say that I haven't been through stuff, because I have. Like, um, how do you start telling that story? When I was, the day before I turned 18, my dad died um, of an overdose. Happy birthday. <laughs> so, um, yeah. yeah, that happened. Um, oxycodone overdose. He had an injury when I was around two because he was in the Navy that damaged a lot of the nerves in his neck. So he had to go on lots of pain medication. He had lots of surgeries. He had like machines in his stomach to help him work. Um, so we don't know if it was like just a buildup of it in the system because if you take pain medication, you're going to need to take more because your body's going to get used to it. And if it was just so much, but he'd also been hospitalized for an overdose like three weeks before that. Um, yeah, that was, that was interesting. Mm. I remember the day really clearly though because it was a Sunday. Um, I worked at the bookstore and I, I had to work alternating Saturdays and Sundays, but I, I always wanted to be at church even if I had to work. So my mom... My mom's the greatest human being alive. I love it when she wears the From Zion kimonos because then it looks like she has a cape, like she should have. Um, she would bring me to church so I could listen to the worship and then drive me to work for 11, like with no hassle, just every time I wanted it. Um, so I came to church and I listened to the music. I went to work and at 3 p.m. Mum and my brother walk through the door and he's just crying and I don't need to ask what's happened. Um, and your brother's not the type of guy that just cries. 
he's he's surprisingly soft to d- despite he? all of his muscles. He's very strong. He's very yeah. strong. Yeah. yeah he's so they come into work at 3 o'clock in the afternoon. Yeah, just crying. Um, and I know what's happened. And yeah, that, that was interesting. We went home and I just wanted to go to church because we had night church on at that point. And none of my family wanted to go. But I had this friend, Nick, and I asked him if he would take me. He was like, yeah, sure. And I was like, thanks. Um, and I walk through the door. Sean Loon comes up to me and gives me a really, really big hug. Um, and... I just start crying. And a bit later, Nick comes up for prayer from you, and I go up to just pray with him. And then, so you pray for him, and then you come to me and you say, How are you? And I'm like, I'm good. And you're like, No, you're not. And I'm like, I know. I know. Um, but like, it was such a good night just to be here. There was, there was nowhere else I wanted to be. I just wanted to be here. And I felt so peaceful being here despite that, despite everything that happened. That was. Yeah, it's like family pulled around me. Not just my actual family, but it's like just the church, the people. They just knew how to love me, and it turns out it's just a lot of hugs. Um, but yeah, that's that's a lot for an eighteen-year-old girl to process. It was a lot. Yeah, yeah, still is. Um, yeah, that's actually had really interesting after effects. Um, I feel like atheists can be really good Christians when someone they love dies, and that's not a judgment, that's very understandable, because you want to believe that the people you love are somewhere good. Um, but I don't know if it says Christians or just me, but I'm more realistic about that. So when someone said, I know your dad's looking over us, my brain was like, oh, is he? Like, are you sure? And I was like, don't do this to me. Um, which is great. I... As far as I know, I was really the only Christian in his life, and I didn't... He lived here for the past last three months of his life, and I didn't invite him to church. He said he might want to come see me play bass, but I never invited him. I never talked to him about God. He knew I was a Christian, but I just never made that point of contact. And then I... Like, having the weight of your own salvation and knowing what that means as a person is a big thing, but then having your own and then someone else's on top of that, where you can't affect their thoughts you can't change their decisions especially if they've passed away you can't do anything about that so I had guilt for a long time (laughs) Um, that maybe my dad isn't somewhere good and maybe it's my fault Um, have you have you reconciled that that thought yes yeah yeah so that that took a while Um, do you mind me asking how you reconciled that how you got peace that's okay Um, it's it's something that I still have to deal with because there is never any certainty about that kind of thing. I'm never going to know. Um, no one can tell me that. So I just, in a way, I'm kind of a Christian because I have to be um, in, in and of myself. Like, I have to believe that God is who he says he is and that he loves my dad more than I ever could and that he wanted the best for my dad and that he was there and... Like, I, I have to have that hope, because if I don't, then the alternative is hopelessness. And that's not how I'm going to live. Yeah. yeah. It's incredible. And, and, and I think f- from, I guess, our perspective, watching your journey through that, you've been remarkably mm. strong. It's been evident that, that God has, has been like the Bible describes. He's that friend that sticks closer than a brother. And, mm. and it's, it's, it's been interesting to watch that with you, yeah. um, that you've had that Jesus big brother type 
um, protection around you emotionally and physically as you've journeyed through that yeah. loss of your dad. That's really interesting because like whenever someone prayed for me around that time or for the next year or two, even in Scotland, I got someone to pray for me, they just said, God's cradling you, he's singing over you. Like I'd never heard that God sings over people, but for some reason that was really, really comforting, just someone who would come close and cradle and That's awesome. sing you. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that happened. <laughs> tell, tell us about about your health. You've suffered oh, yeah. some significant setbacks in your with your health. Yes. Um, that aren't just well, for the last couple of months, but no. Um, how have you processed that? Because that could be yeah. A physical, yep. you know, body can have massive ramifications on how we think and how we feel it does. spiritually. So yeah. how was that so, for you? Um, when I was two, 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 my left lung collapsed. Um, I just had a cold and my left lung collapsed, and I got really, really sick ended up in hospital my poor mother (laughs) um i i was a really healthy baby but after that i got asthma i got eczema i got an anaphylactic allergy like i just and it's 20 years like i'm too young to have a 20 year sickness absolutely um but i i have I've, i've had that and it's if you've known me for longer than a year you've probably seen my skin on my really bad days it can just be horrific like when people say they have dry skin in winter i laugh at them you don't know you have no idea. Like, and this, this is something I've I dealt with for so long. Like, I had it through primary school, and kids are terrible. I love kids. Kids are great. But kids are terrible. Um, I was known as the skin girl, and there was a girl that once told me I had breadcrumbs on my face. Like, uh, suck, you know? Yeah. Um, it's not pleasant. No. But that's... It affects so much of you. Like, there is nothing like being so itchy and frustrated. You can't focus. It mm. affects you mentally and emotionally. Like, it's it's a lot to process. Um, but it's also weirdly given me a lot. Like, I don't know. You said in, in church once you... It was part of a sermon. You said that by the time a girl is 18, she's heard one million things that are wrong with her body. Or something like that? I think it's it a, a quarter of a million, quarter maybe a million? half a million. Okay, yeah. many, many things. Yeah, and I feel like I've definitely heard more, probably. Um, but like, I'm genuinely very okay with myself. I'm unaffected by how I look anymore and how my skin looks. Like, I've through this been able to build up kind of resilience. It's like I look amazing every day, just because I decide to. You know, I just, it's easier to silence voices from everywhere because there's just been so much going on that I'm so used to just being sick and not looking presentable, I guess, and just all these debilitating health conditions that I'm just so used to them that I just decided that I could deal with it. Yeah. And I can deal with all the itchiness and the pain. Like, I'm okay if I never get healed. Like, I want to be healed but I'm okay if it never happens because of all that it's given me and it's kind of given me character in a way. Um, yeah. Yeah. It looks, your skin looks great now. It's really, really good. I found a really good dermatologist about a year ago. He looked me over for 15 minutes and he said, here's what's wrong with you. Take these like six very expensive things. Um, no one has ever been able to tell me what's wrong with me, but he said, just do this. And within a day... I felt the difference. It's amazing. And I've got a list of all the things that I felt had changed. Like I could, 
I don't know, I used to have to just moisturize for like half an hour after a shower because my skin was so dry. And that's in like, not in winter, that's just generally. But now I can just go about my day. Whoops, forgot to moisturize, it's fine. Like my skin is better. Like I used to have really, really bad eczema constantly, just like open sores and I just don't anymore. And it's life-changing, you know? So good. Yeah. Cause you, used to, you told me um, the irritation would be so intense you would scratch till you bled. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And then you're so frustrated because you're so raw and you're bleeding and it hurts, but it's so itchy that you just start crying, you know? Yeah, and that was pretty regular. And now that's gone. It's gone. Not to sound super spiritual, but do you think maybe the connection between the dermatologist and yourself could have been like a God thing? I mean, maybe. I've heard that he works in mysterious ways. God's not the dermatologist. Amen. Because <laughs> I think sometimes we, we, we put God in our, our perfect box of like, okay, so this is how miracles work, God, mm, is mm. you zap your magic power and I yeah. go, ping, and I'm totally healed. I can healed. only be healed at church. Yeah, I can yeah. only be healed at church and yeah. in this moment and if the pastor calls me out and then, you know, the, yeah. the, the, the ceiling panel's open and then you just pour out your presence yeah. and I'm We need healed. some stained glass windows so it's more holy so yes. we can like, get the presence through. But, but maybe just maybe God works through an appointment with a dermatologist mm. who can identify something that no other doctor yeah. could do. Absolutely. To bring you the freedom and healing like that you needed. Pete Crawford always says, like, if yeah. I break my arm, pray for me, but take me to the hospital. <laughs> yeah. Touche. Mm. Touche, Pete mm-hmm. Crawford. Mm. Um, what has been yeah. the most helpful thing um, oh, I've got some in, stuff. in <laughs> your life um, by having a relationship with God? Um, I, I can be. I have been um, a very angry and anxious person and it's really, really good, really helpful to know that my life doesn't depend upon me, that I'm justified regardless of all the stupid mistakes I do, that I'm loved regardless, that my, like at the end of the day, what I do doesn't affect my worth because I have intrinsic worth Um, and that's, that's come through in a lot of different ways, like like there's there's a lot going on at the moment even um like my brain's not letting me talk about it um so like oliver and i um had our two-year anniversary in april and we love each other so much we fought so hard to be in a relationship but we actually broke up two and a half months ago um just because like as individuals we have some personal issues that need to be worked through as individuals and because some just worldview stuff and it's like it's heartbreaking like it i know i'm making lots of jokes and i haven't started crying but it's because i'm really trying like this stuff breaks me um does anyone know what grog is not alcohol and not strong door like a in a pottery sense grog grog g-r-o-g grog um, uh, no, only okay. not in one sense. So it's it's called fire sand, um, and it's this process where clay is put in the, the kiln and is fired and then is smashed intentionally um, and is made into a very precise dust. It has to be exactly the right um, coarseness because if it's too coarse, it will cut the potter's hands, and if it's too fine, it won't do its job. And what happens is when a potter is making a, 
a, a larger work, they will throw this grog into the pot to add structural integrity, to give it a nicer finish, to give it some um, tooth to it, to, to make it brings out the colour more, texture. Um, but it has to be precise. Um, and it's like I f- <laughs> I'm really on like a, a you know pottery hype at the moment. Just like God is the potter and I'm the clay. So I, what I take from that is like all of these things that are happening, all of these really hard things are precise. They're intentional. They're not wasted. They're, they're being broken, but they're going to be used again to make me stronger, to make me better, to add to that. Like I, <laughs> I try hard to believe that everything's intentional because the opposite is that it's not intentional and that there's no reason for it. And one is more hopeful than the other. Yeah. Um, also, there's this thing called kintsukuroi, which is the Japanese art of fixing broken pottery with gold and believing that it is all the better for having been broken. But unless there are cracks, unless it's been broken, it can't be fixed with gold. It can't be made new, it can't be made whole. Like There is so much healing and restoration in our brokenness in these areas that can... Like I'm glad of the things I've been through. They're not easy. Um, but I'm very glad that they're useful. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's such a profound truth that, you know, 22? Yeah. You've got yeah. that revelation yeah. of even though I go through um, really hard stuff um, that it's just an unfortunate part of life that there is there's meaning and purpose to that and it can actually be helpful not just hurtful yeah and i think i I see and have seen so many um people who you know in the later years of life who still haven't got that and they Mm. go around the mountain Mm. and i think if we can lean into um the problems knowing that god is the one that's going to get us through that Mm. and there is a purpose and then when we discover that purpose we become stronger we become uh, more closer to him yeah um and it actually brings a greater depth of meaning to life yeah and I think it comes with knowing what the alternative is. Yeah. Like the alternative is hope is, is hopelessness. Yeah. If you're not going to be hopeful, then you've got nothing. If you're not going to walk through these trials, then you're going to stay there. Like yeah. if you're not going to get through it, then you're going to be broken. If can't, God can't use it, then it can't be used. Yeah. Like if, yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. yeah. the Bible says that he works all things together for good. Yeah. Not just the good things for good, but the bad things, the broken things. He will work that together for good. That's part of the, the miracle that is God being God. Mm. Um, Believing that keeps me sane. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. That's really cool. Um, final question. Mm. If anybody here today or anybody listening to this podcast um, after the fact that is questioning life, questioning faith, mm. um, uh, doesn't follow Jesus but is perhaps open to it, mm. um, what's one thing that you've learned from your life that could be helpful for that person that's questioning? Um that the church shouldn't be scary because it's a building and because it's Jesus and they'll make you raise your hands, that the church is absolutely the people, that it's just having a connected community to love you, to to love on you, to pray with you, to get around you. Like, I've, I've been playing bass since I was 12, um, and being part of this music team has given me so much. Like, I've met... Um, Pete and M. Crawford and the, the Navs and, like, the Adams, the Adams family. Um, and, like, a couple of years ago when I had these severe anxiety attacks, I would just go to the Navarettes 
and Kate would just sit me on the couch and make sure I ate toast and she'd feed me water crackers just to make sure I was okay. And I felt completely loved in that, in that space. They just let me into their home. And like Ben and Jazz, just the other day, I was like, hey, I'm not doing good. I'm just going to come over to your house and talk to you. And they're like, yeah, that's fine. That's, that's completely fine. And they were doing their own thing. They were cleaning. They were cooking. But they just let me be there. They just came around me like a family. Like the church has got nothing to do with the building. It's all about the people and about community. And that is so integral to getting through life. Just having people around you is it's a big deal. Mm. So, so good to see, you know, you, you being the victor, not the victim. That uh, even though life has thrown curveballs at you that might have taken nine out of ten people down you've decided to to hang on to god mm. and and that that snowball thing is each event just each time each thing you grow stronger and you find the meaning and the purpose yeah. and um just and too that, stubborn for that you know god won't let me die so stubbornness yeah. can be a good thing right god, <laughs> yeah. god is redeeming yeah. stubbornness which can be a bad thing for a good thing because yeah. you hold on to the right thing yeah. yeah so uh one last thing can i ask you would you be able to pray for us as we close this morning i um, can certainly try whatever's on your heart to pray i just yeah. think that um there's a a spirit and a tenacity and um and a wisdom inside of you that i think i would love for us all to to catch this morning so yeah. would you do that i we'll see what happens you'll be fine we'll see what happens just don't look <laughs> at me just bow your, that's that's why people tell you to like bow your head and close your eyes so don't look at me you know? uh. <laughs> oh, thank you god that we could all be here today um I thank you for the trials that we're going through, even though they can wreck us. I pray that we know that we're not alone. I pray that we can find community and we can find strength in that, that we can find a way to get through these things with you and with people. And I pray that you would reveal to us the people in our lives that we can depend upon and that are there for us. And I thank you for this day. Thank you for everyone that's here. I pray that you bless them and that you bless us all going forward. And amen. Amen. Mm. Thank you so much. Can we thank Dana, everybody? Thank you. Thank you so much. Legend. Hey, take your water. You've, you've deserved that. You've, you've absolutely deserved that. Ah, phenomenal. Anybody learn something this morning? I, I did. It's convicted, man. Like, just got to trust God more. Find the purpose to to pain that's why the Bible says that you know count it all joy when you face trials of various kinds like that makes no sense like but in God's kingdom it's a different way than how we would perhaps perceive things to be and so on the other side of our pain on the other side of our our problems God can actually redeem those things and we come out stronger better because of all that and at the end of the day it starts with a connection with God that's how it all begins. It's like, and for, for Jade's start, it was different. It was, it's, you know, it's, it's been this gradual process of just hanging around God and leaning into God and learning more about God and growing in God and, and understanding who she is as her daughter, as his daughter. Some of us here, it's, a journey began in a light bulb moment where we made a decision to follow Jesus and everything just went from black and white to color. Um, but no matter how it starts, there's a common thing and that's accepting what Jesus did for us and it's when we, when we accept the sacrifice that Jesus made on the cross for us 2,000 years ago 
That's what starts this journey of God being able to work in us, God being able to redeem us, God being able to take the brokenness of our life and meld it together with that gold that, that we just heard about. And John 3.16 is, is one of the most cliched scriptures, but just because something is cliched does not void it of truth. It says that for God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him shall not die but have eternal life. When we put our faith in Jesus, when we trust in him, when we choose to follow him, when we choose to accept the love that God has for humanity, that he demonstrated that by Jesus, that's the moment it changes for us. That's the moment we get translated out of darkness into light. When we confess our sin and believe in our heart that Jesus paid the price for all of our indiscretions, all of our wrongdoing. Because essentially that's what separates people from God is our, our, our rebellion, our, our deciding to make our own decisions over the decisions God would want us to make. And we're all born into a broken world. Like that's why two-year-olds are stubborn and do the wrong thing. It's so evident to see original sin when you look at a two-year-old. They're just, I've got one, I know. Like, he needs to be redeemed, that, that boy. <laughs> and as we go through life, we might get nicer as people and we might get kinder and less rebellious. But inside of us is this, I want to do things my way, which is uh, a contrast to God saying, hey, do things the way I've planned for you. And that starts, as I said, with choosing to follow Jesus and saying, God, I, I'm sorry for all the stuff that has built a, a wall between you and I. I want that wall to come crashing down so that I can encounter you. I choose to follow you. I choose to live for you. And I choose to allow you to, to bring about healing to the brokenness that is in my life. And for some of us, that brokenness is huge. For some of us, that brokenness is, is small. But we are all at some point broken. And God is the great redeemer. Thanks for tuning in to the C3CH podcast. We trust this week's message inspired and encouraged you. We hope to see you in one of our services soon. For more information on C3 Church Coffs Harbour, visit www.c3ch.com.